Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. I need, I need hope uh, in some areas. I have hope in some areas. I have a lot of hope in some areas. I have hope that one day I'll rest comfortably, comfortably and blessed in an eternal resting place. I have that hope. I have that hope because I have that faith. Uh, we'll read here in a minute a little bit about faith and hope. Um, today I thought, I thought about a few different scriptures I thought about 1 Corinthians 1.13 that talks about, says, it talks about love, then it gets down there and it says, Now abideth faith, hope, and love. And what I believe the world needs is hope. Yeah, they need us to love them. I agree with that. And I, it, it's like these three things, faith, hope, and love. I'm not, I'm not preaching on the three because I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not teaching on that. But I'm, wanna just, I want to just share some meditations of hope with you. But... Um, the three are kind of like you can't have one without the other. Uh, I believe the world needs hope. They question our love with a big question mark. It takes a long time for those on the outside of this place or on the outside of our faith for them to buy into our love. It takes a long time. And they'll never, they'll never see our faith until they realize they need hope and our faith is resting in Christ and the only place they're going to get it is through Christ. So they need... Our hope. I don't know how many of you are around a lot of conversations uh, with people on the outside. I, I won't even say that. I'll just say people. I don't know how many times you're in, you find yourselves in conversation with people and you walk away and go, Daggone it. I could have said something better right there. I could have interjected with this instead of with that. Why did I buy along and just share in that? Why did I do that? Not even talking that it was terrible. It's just the fact that as you as a Christian, you walk away and you have a better hope than what you had shared with them. I thought about the scripture, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. To me there, if we stopped right there, it's the evidence of things not seen. If we stopped right there, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. To me, uh, uh, the, the important part of that, and it could just be because I'm sharing on hope today, is hope, that we have hope. Our faith, we'll read that faith is now, it's abiding, it's present, it's at rest. Um, but what we need is hope, because I'll be honest, I see, I see us, I see the church having a lot of hopelessness. And I will admit, if you know me very, if you know me at all, you'll know that I'm probably, if you called me an optimist or a pessimist, you probably would call me, eh, he leans a little more to being a pessimist. His glass is more half empty than it's half full. That's just Patrick. He's more of a Debbie Doubter, non-truster than he is trusting and believing the best. He'll tell you that. Because, but, but there's, because about truth, sometimes I'm just so flat. I'm, I'm just so flat about truth sometimes. But I have an abiding hope of things. Uh, there is, there's such a great difference between faith and hope, uh, or a great affinity. There's a love between them that the one cannot be separate from the other. Notwithstanding, there is a difference between them, which is gathered of their several offices, diversity of working and of their ends. Uh, number one, they differ in respect of their subject. That is, 
of the ground where they rest, where they rest, faith and hope. For faith results in understanding, and I'll put this in there, understanding of the Word of God. Hope is in the will, is in our will. Do we want to or not? I will or I will not. Do you want to? Our soulish man, our mind, our will, and our emotions. They differ in the respect of their office, of their working, of how they work in their office. Whether at faith tells what is to be done, it teaches, it prescribes, it directs. But hope, hope stirs up the mind that it may be strong. I want you to think about that. That it may be strong, it may be bold, it may be courageous, that it may suffer and endure adversity waiting for better things. You would say to me today, let's talk about faith and not hope. Here he goes, putting me back in tribulations, trials, adversities, tough times, because the Bible doesn't teach any different than that. One of the scriptures I'll read on down here, maybe not, I'll say it now, said if we had hope in this, if we had hope of Christ in this life only, Paul the Apostle said, we'd be of all men most miserable. There's been times I've probably misquoted it, and I say it like this, but I don't think it's, to, it's not heresy. If we had hope in this life only. I'm not leaving off Christ. I just want to talk about this life. If we had hope in this life only, we'd be of all men most miserable. I see way too many Christians. I'm going to tell you, I see way too many Christians that their hope is waning. It's very low because most of their hope is based in this life. My brother was teasing me the other day about where we moved to. And uh, if, you, if you truly know me and very... Very few of you probably know me this well. You know I could care less what neighborhood, where I live, how I live, what socioeconomic. I, I would love to hit the lottery. I don't play it. But I would love to have a big hundred million and know what to do with it. But, um, but I, I will say this. I have put my faith, put my trust, put my hope in God. And, and He has walked me on a path that is just not... It's not, it's not what this world can equate. It's really not. It's not that you could put together, if you could put together financially and, and, and look into our lives, God has made an increase in our lives that's uh, unbelievable. Um, faith tells what is to be done. It teaches, it prescribes, it directs. Hope stirs up the mind that it may be strong, bold, Courageous that it may suffer and endure adversity, waiting for better things. Uh, I'm careful not to talk about me too much, but uh, I, I want you to leave with hope today. And we know that the apostles, and we know Paul the apostle, and all the other apostles would talk about, uh, would say, This thing that I have seen, that I, talking about Jesus, this that I have seen with my eyes, this that I have heard with my ears, and this that I have handled with my hands, I'm going to relate to you. So I would like to just relate to you a little bit, just real, as quick as I can, right off the top of my head. I didn't write this down, I didn't memorize this. I'll take you on a little walk. On July 13th, you knew, if you know much about me, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was many days under the influence of alcohol and drugs to the point to where I, if I stopped, I suffered DTs. 
I seen green men and I would scream and cry. I thought they were crawling on me. And so I knew I had to drink alcohol. July 14th, 1991, bam, at a moment of prayer at a church, God delivered me from that. And I got up and I said, I love him. And from that day forward, God walked me on a path. He put me back in working with the same type of people. And they were calling my pastor and saying, he's telling me that I'm going to hell, that he's preaching at us on the, you hired me (laughs) on the job site. And he gave me a mouth to speak of the goodness of things that he had done. That's not anything I could have done on my own power and abstained from sin. I believed in the scripture that said, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things become new. He put me at a place where I got prideful and I wanted a good paying job and I wanted money and I went after that. I bought a new car that I didn't get because I said yes to God about going to Bible college before and had to deny the car dealership my new truck. I couldn't have done that on my own. It was God. I put my hope in God and following Him every day. And He called me to Bible college. And you know what? I just had the faith to go because I believe He had spoke to me. And He supplied my full full ride of my first year. My dorm room was always paid. Everything was always paid week by week. It wasn't up front. It was I trusted God week by week. I can remember going the second year, pushing for it and pushing for it to go. I have to. I have to complete my second year. And it didn't work out. Things Foiled real bad. And I can remember God pulled me over to the side of the road. It's always when I'm driving, man. That's why I like driving. I remember the white picket fence and the new uh, like condominium complex there off of Refugee where it was at. And God pulled me over and said, I didn't tell you to come back this year. So I quit. I knew I just don't mess around with that. I quit. And I walked away. But I knew that God told me that. I had, and I, he told me right there at the side of the road, there's a place I'm calling you to, a people, a creed, a tongue, and go there. And I had hope God would use me in my gifting in a place that didn't care that I had a degree. And where did I wind up? I wound up right here. I wound up married a year or so later, and we took a year off from doing anything, then I wound up right here, and God used me here for almost 18 years now. There was another time during Bible college God... I knew right where it was. It was Old 35 in Dezenia. You didn't have that bypass then. It was Old 35, and I was right there by Federal Road. You'll know where that's at, a real bad place when you're heading to Dezenia. It's scary there because it's a bad intersection. And God spoke to me and said, Tell Tracy she's too hard on her husband. He's a baby in Christ. She needs to let up and let him become the man that I've called him to be. So I immediately, as soon as I seen Tracy, they know who it is, some of my people I told Tracy, I said, I'm just going to tell you what God told me. You're too hard on your husband. Yeah, you're, he grew up Catholic. You grew up friends, church. You have a different thought and a different base than he does. Give him time. God said give him space. I had hope that God would use me in giftings. And through the years, it's been that way. And I want you to have hope that God would use you. Uh, So they differ in the respect of their office. They differ as touching their object. That is the special matter they look toward. Faith has her object, the truth, the Word of God, which teaches us to hold fast and looking upon the Word and the promises of God of the thing that is promised. Hope has for her object the goodness of God. Do you want me to tell you the truth? Do you want me to be good to you and love on you? Oh, you do? Ah, People want love. That's good. But we need loved on. How many of you know we need to trust the goodness of God? 
There was a time where I had an issue. Uh, Leah didn't. I had an issue in, in our marriage, and it was during that time where I was very depressed working here, and, and, I, and it got so bad one day, I thought it could have been one of my last days. I immediately called a pastor in town that I had never sit and talked to face to face, but I believed it was God for me to call him. And I sat and I just told another person my dirty, dark story of my depression. I knew him, but we didn't know each other. But you know what? Toward the end of us talking, he looked at me and he says, Your wife, and he didn't, definitely didn't know her, loves you. And she is for you. She is for you. She's on your side. And you need to believe that. I didn't tell him that day, but I thought, That's a big thing I didn't tell him that I'm struggling with. You know what I found in all my studying of hope? You can't have it without the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to say, I, I kind of run in three groups. I run in a Pentecostal holiness group, I run in a charismatic group, and I run in a Baptist group. That's about me. Like it if you don't, you know. That's where I'm at. I'll never do too much holiness, Pentecostal holiness, of what I've learned and what I've been around. I'll never, definitely never do too much charismatic charismatic operating in gifts meaning and I'll never be too Baptist to tell you you can do what you you know but I'm a mixture of those three guys but I will say this hope out of the many different things that I've studied about hope it's something you can't have without the power of the Holy Spirit and I think the power of the Holy Spirit is something we do not trust in enough we do not humble ourselves as small children and realize and give credit to the fact that God through His Son Jesus has put the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us and that our bodies are a temple holy and acceptable unto God through His Son Jesus Christ not by our own works and any man can boast a couple years ago I was on the bed I want to tell you these things not bragging about me but Paul would tell stories of what he experienced. I want to tell you stories. I was on the, very sick at the house. I had this really, really bad pain in my stomach. I wasn't uh, having diarrhea and I wasn't vomiting. I had a very bad pain. And I'm hard-headed about not wanting to go to the doctor. I really want to let things ride. I really want to believe in faith that God's going to deliver me. I want to be, you know, I want to be that guy. I want to believe God's going to deliver. If he delivered me from that Terrible, sinful lifestyle I lived before July 14th. This little flu sickness thing, it's nothing, man. So I'm going to hold on to God. And It got to the point where I was laying in the bed, and I was moaning and groaning so loud in the middle of the day. Leah come in there, and she goes, Do you have to make all that noise? I said, I'm this close to going to the hospital. And she said, I'm this tired of hearing about it. Let's get in the car and let's go. I said, No, I'm going to wait a little longer. And I laid in that bed a few more minutes, and uh, I, I just began to pray like I had never prayed. And I was just in tears, crying. God, why, why don't you? And I just began to like rattle the bars of that prison of my faith that I was living in. Why don't you do something about this? It's a, it just, I can't imagine you want me to testify to somebody in a hospital. That's why you'd send me there even though he sent me to jail after I was saved <laughs> for crimes I had committed. 
and had me to witness my faith to 11 other men in complete silence. They wanted to hear my story. They said, I look different. You don't look like one of us. And I sat up on the bed and shared my faith. Long story short, there was a man in there that got killed the first day out of jail. And they called me and asked me to preach his funeral. And I didn't know I was called to be a preacher. There's hope for you that God wants you to give someone hope. And it requires your mouth. And it requires something that's on the inside of you that you can't quiet down, you can't keep silent about. But it is us humbling ourselves, being like little children, and pleading with God through the power of the Holy Spirit that He would use us to open our mouths to encourage somebody. I forgot where I was at now. Do you remember? Yeah, I was in a lot of pain. So a few minutes later... I don't know if my pain subsided or what, but I'm laying there praying like nothing going, like nothing going. And all of a sudden, something happens. The pain went away about half. And I started smiling and laughing and crying. And I said, God, surely not. Surely not you would do this to me. And it happened again. And again. And I somewhat resisted. I knew not because I was reminded of something way in the past when I was at Bible college and here's what it tells you about for those of us that lack hope sometimes you have to think about your past you have to think about your past of things God's brought you through and plead with him that he'll stir up hope in you once again for a certain situation whatever you're facing so we have to look back at the past you know the old timers would have said this he brought me a mighty long way he brought me a mighty long way. But I laid in that bed and I cried. I was, and the pain was going away and something was happening to me. Then I thought, no, God. Because at that time in my life, I was leaning towards being a Baptist. Especially a, 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 or one of them dispensational brothers that believed there were dispensations in the Bible and things had ended. Something I was struggling with. Leah comes in there and goes, you all right? I just kind of smiled with tears and half pain. I said, yeah, I'm getting better. And I tried to hide it and lie all I could. And she shut the door and she goes, what's going on? I said, I'm not telling you it's getting better. Just go on out the door. <laughs> and I thought, you know, and she goes, no, what is it? I said, you're not going to believe what happened. And it's just about gone at this point. And she said, what? I said, I'm sitting here praying. You know how bad a pain I was in. And I was crying. And I felt so defenseless. I knew there's nothing I can do. And I pleaded with God for him to heal me. And he looks like he has. I said, but you know what? He, how he brought that about? She goes, how? I said, I was praying and I began to pray in tongues. I began to speak in tongues. To me, those things are very private. I'm surprised I share it today. But I share it to tell you this. Don't question God on what He wants to do with you. And it was at that time in that bed that God said the same thing He told me at World Harvest probably in 1995. He said, I'll give you what you need when you have need of it. Because the Bible does say this, and my faith is rooted in this, that I, David was the one that said, I have never seen a righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. I know that the Bible tells me that He'll never put more upon me that I can stand. Until you know those type of things today in your faith, until you know them, until you've been in the Word and turned your pages yourself, you know what? He won't call, you won't allow Him to call you away to go be a missionary. You won't have hope. 
If you don't have hope today, I would say take whatever that thing is you don't have hope about and you get in the Word and you try to contradict it. You don't have hope for your marriage? Me and Leah turned another page the other night in our marriage. Tough page, but we turned another page, didn't we, babe? I won't go into it, I promise. <laughs> God just stepped our marriage up another notch the other night. I have hope. Do you have hope? Do you have hope that you share with others? When they're mumbling, grunting, grumbling and complaining about their well-paying uh, I, I'm talking for me, well-paying government jobs that they don't deserve anyways because they barely graduated. Yes, thank God they defended us, defended our freedom for our country by serving in the military. I will say that. But they mumble and grumble and complain and because they're, they're walking, they're up and going to work every day and they have a great-paying job that outside of, the, of God they don't deserve. Do you give hope? They differ in order, faith and hope. Faith is the beginning of life. It is our foundation. It's before all tribulation, but hope proceeds from tribulation. So if you're in trials and tribulations, remember, God will give you hope through it because you'll be able to look and see that God has done something and you'll be able to share that later on with somebody else. In this life, you will have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. They differ in by the diversity of working. Faith is a teacher, a judge, fighting against errors and heresies. It fights against judging spirits and doctrines. Hope is, as it were, the general or captain of the field. It's the one out doing the footwork. I told you that our faith is not seen by the world, really. They see it by how we live it out, by how we live it out of people of hope. Not people of hope of this life, but in our life to come. It's captain of the field, fighting against tribulation, impatience, heaviness of spirit, weakness, desperation, blasphemy, and it waits for good things even in the midst of evil. Therefore, when I am instructed by faith in the Word of God, and I lay hold of Christ, believing in Him with my whole heart, then am I righteous by this knowledge. A couple of scriptures. Galatians 5, 5, for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. I read to you Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. When I am so justified by faith or by his knowledge, uh, by and by we know the devil comes. He's the father of lies and labors to extinguish our faith. Hope is like the wheel inside the wheel. We know that Ezekiel talked about a wheel inside of the wheel. I'm not preaching on Ezekiel today, but it is like the wheel inside of the wheel. It's the thing that, that charges, that proves our foundational. Don't ask me where this came from. I may be a little just crazy or freaky, but I begin to think about the earth. And I begin to think about the earth as a wheel inside the wheel. And I'm not smart enough to think outside of what I know about the earth, so I'm not thinking about even our Milky Way. I'm thinking about the earth. And I think about our faith is our equator. It's the difference between heaven and hell. It divides it. There is coming a time where it will be divided. Equator is, is our faith. It's the truth. That love is our latitudinal lines. You know the only way I was smart enough in school to remember that? It's like a ladder. It's latitude. I try to teach my kids pictured things in school. That's the only way I remember it. And longitude, our long lines, are like our different seasons. Are different times we live in. 
So I look at it like this. The equator is like our face. Longitudinal lines, seasons, hours, times. is different times of hope we go through and we struggle with. But we're all encompassed with them latitudinal lines of love. And I don't think you can have, I don't think you personally can have one of those three without, without the other. And I'm not preaching on all three of those today. I'm not, not that good. But uh, hope is like a wheel inside of a wheel, man. You can have a wheel, you can have faith, and you can tell somebody you have faith. But what they're looking for, they're looking for that gerbil that's making that wheel turn. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for your fire, for your spark, what stirs your affections what moves you, what brings you to tears, what causes you to laugh, what makes you step out in faith. That's what the world is looking for. They're not just looking for, oh, you see my wheel? Uh Uh-uh. How many of you just look at a gerbil's wheel, but how many of you look at it when a gerbil's on the wheel? So that's just the way I think of it. Hope is like that thing that stirs you on the inside. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the re- revelation of Jesus Christ. It's one, one thing like this. I really don't know what the end of tomorrow holds. I really don't. I can about tell you what today holds because I'm already in it. But you still don't know if something tragic wouldn't happen after now or something great. I might hit the lottery between now and then if somebody gives it to me. But I'm just saying, I don't... One guy... I've kind of added to this, and I don't know who it came from. Part of it's not me, but part of it is. I don't know what the end of tomorrow holds, but I know the one who holds the end of tomorrows. You get that? My faith rests in the fact that I, don't, that I know the one, God, Jesus, that holds the end of all tomorrows. There's coming a day when there'll be no more tomorrows. Be no more. I know the one who holds that, but I don't know the end of tomorrow, but I have this hope that leads me to that place where the end of tomorrow's will come. 2 Corinthians 4 says this, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. It talks about, if we were to read all of 2 Corinthians 4, it talks about the testimony and what God has done in our lives through Christ. We have this treasure. You have a treasure. Also, there's a scripture that says, Seeing we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. That means, to me, for right now, for today, for this message, we have the ministry of reconciling sinners to God and reconciling brothers and sisters to one another. I personally believe people that don't have hope have a shaky foundation. I think they're not for sure of their foundation. I think they're not for sure of who they are in Christ Jesus. If you're here today, and and, and I'm I'm preaching it myself sometimes, I, I lack in hope in some things. It's because I doubt who I am in Christ, or or I haven't give enough thought to who I am in Christ. I haven't opened up the book enough and owned up to who I am in Christ and what God wants to do uh, with me. Uh, I'll give you a, a few scriptures to encourage you uh, that, that talk about hope. Uh, you'll like this when real popular in charismatic settings, uh, Pentecostal settings. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. And a hope. So it's not only plans to prosper us um, and those things. At the very end he says, and to give you a hope. 
Another scripture I encourage you with, uh, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by, get this, I said this earlier, so I'll prove it by scripture, uh, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You ever met somebody that just has nothing negative to say at all? I just want to get around them again and again and again because I want to find error in them, really. That's Debbie Doubter here, not if you're Debbie, or that's Donnie Doubter. That's me. I want to find, I want to find him on that rough day because I'm not that guy that's always like, oh, it's just, you know. We went to a, a memorial service last night for a lady. I bet lived that way every day of her life, Glenna Reed, for those of you that knew her. I bet from the couple times I met her and all the testimonies I heard from people on that platform last night, she lived that every day. She would tell people that they have a... You have a full-size Jesus living on the inside of you. That's what she would say. He had, 1 Peter 3-4, through 4, He has caused us to be born again to a li- living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and, unfa- and unfading, kept in heaven. Lamentations, boy, don't you just love that book, uh, 3, 21 through 23. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. Psalms 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Are you worried? Matthew 25. Matthew 2, 25 through 34. Read that. You write that down, maybe. Here's another couple of scriptures. I read this one, 1 Corinthians 15, 19. Paul said, and If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Philippians 3, 20. Here's why I think a lot of us rest so much hope right here. I walk into work every day. They've got a large screen, and they've got the news playing on there. I'm telling you, if you're in... The, if you're a journalist, news reporter, you work for a news company, uh, maybe this is not you, but this is what I see. I don't watch news. I see it there, and I hear it on the radio for about 12 minutes, maybe, uh, once they... And uh, here's what I see. They, they don't have to work real hard at this present time. They only talk about the election. They only talk about uh, Russia and their involvement, and uh, about three things they talk about. So you don't have to do much research. You don't just boil up the same discussion every daggone time. How do you respond to that when faced with the world about our current affairs and our news? How do you respond? You don't have to answer me. I just want you to think about that. I want that to turn in your head. Because I believe we rest so much in this life, and I don't want you to. Because the Bible teaches we are pilgrims, we are sojourners. That means this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Angels beckon me from heaven's open door. Lord, I can't feel at home in this world anymore. That's from my holiness background. Thank God for it. So let me give you some things about us not we're being pilgrims. We're just here temporarily. We don't want to put too much roots down here. We don't care too much about the stock market or the future of our government because we, in the Word of God, we can totally trust that we have a Heavenly Father 
that is the greatest king ever. And his kingdom, and we're part of his kingdom now, the Bible says, his kingdom never suffers. That's what kills me about putting king on somebody or queen on somebody. Do you know their kingdom should not suffer? Do you know as a ruler, as a president, whatever you want to call somebody, a lord over an area, a king, a queen, do you know their kingdom is not supposed to suffer? If it does suffer, it shows to them what happens, what kind of a person, ruler they are. Our God and our kingdom never suffers. Oh, we might be martyred. We might go out here and we're the next ones in a bombing. Oh, Lord, it might happen. How many of you live in fear of that? They, even on the radio, they say, don't be afraid to go out. We've got to keep going out facing them. How many of you are afraid it's your children? I, I get afraid. I used to get real afraid where I wouldn't sleep a lot at nights over on Oneida Road. A whole lot of nights I wake up at 2 in the morning and stay up until it's time to go to work. But I had hope that God had not given me the spirit of fear, but of love and peace, joy, and of a sound mind. Do you have hope today? You won't get it outside of God's Word. So you're, you're just a sojourner. We're just pilgrims. Because Philippians 3.20 says our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus. First uh, Peter 2.11, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fl fleshly lust, loving this world too much, which wage war against our soul, wages war against our mind, our will, and our emotions. We will get emotional about things of this life. Our mind will get set that things are that way. And then we won't have the will to share a great hope with somebody in this world. Another scripture, great one. Revelations 21 and 22, looking, uh, no, Hebrews 11, 10, looking for a city which has its foundation, foundations and whose builder and maker is God. Just a little bit of revelations. Uh, oh, I believe in, in uh, oh, no, that's me preaching. I can't read that one. Uh, you could read Revelations 21 and 22 to tell you about the great city that is soon to be held. You know, we always say, uh, I read over it again this week, we always say that the streets are paved with gold. No, 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 no. No, no, streets are solid gold, as unto glass. That means we're just going to be floating, you know what I mean? We'd be like Michael Jackson just sliding, you know. I don't know if he's sliding down them, but uh, you know what I mean? I, I likened it under that. I thought, wow, why did the Bible say, I like to really think, why did the Bible say that the gold is so clear it's like glass? I've never seen no gold nowhere that's clear like glass, but it's the gold that God made, so it's perfect. But I thought about that. I thought, man, it's just going to be like we're hovering. It's going to be so effortless that we're not even going to have to take a step. There's going to be a tree of life. There's going to be a river of water for our healing. All the nations going to come together. All you differences that we have is going to be done away with. All our I like this worship or I like hymns or I like melodies or why don't I had a guy tell me people don't sing parts no more. Well, oh gosh. And they don't witness their faith either, bro. Come on, sell your $30,000 car and help some missionaries, would you please? He's got, I call it a $30,000 idol sitting in his garage. It's 21,000 miles on a 40-year-old car. <sighs> Help us, Jesus. That's why I didn't preach on love today. Because I'm going to be real honest. I, uh, it takes the power of the Holy Ghost, man, to make me have real good love sometimes. I'm going to be honest. Uh, oh, I believe in being respectful to the American flag. I believe in being respectful to our country. And by golly, I definitely 
believe in being respectful to the men and women who have founded it and fought over the centuries to keep it what it is today and to fight for our freedom. But there is a country that awaits us who builder and maker is not of man. It's of our Heavenly Father. It's of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Those buildings will never tear down. They'll never crumble. There's no, cr- there's no grass growing up in the cracks. There's no sin. There's no more crying. There's no more tears. There's no more disease taking people prematurely. There's no more children. No more adults raping children. There's no more homeless children. There's no more fatherless children. Let me tell you what. One thing I read in here. Pe- Christians that are people of hope are people that understand adoption. You realize you were outside of a true family. You were born into a physical family in this life. And I thank God for my... But it made me kind of understand what Jesus said. Christians that are people of hope, they understand adoption. And you know I had to go there today. You know I had to because that's something that's very dear to my heart. Adoption and foster parenting and children with no lovable parents. It said that Christians that have true hope are Christians who understand adoption. You understand that you were born into a physical family. But that when you meet God, God has forgiven you through His Son, Jesus Christ, and your sins have been wiped clean. And you realize when I search today of anyone who loves me or anyone who knows me or anyone that trusts me or forgives me in spite of all my nastiness, only God can do that through His Son, Jesus. You'll realize that you've been adopted. And it will bring you down to being like a child. And at points in time in your Christian walk, you won't be able to do anything but just to humble yourselves under God's mighty hand and plead with the Holy Spirit to bring you up and to make something out of your life. i got to quit. <coughs> so I'll say this. Some questions. Questions, no answers. Questions, food for thoughts, no answers. Now that you're thinking about hope, here are some questions to consider. What is the one area of your life that is marked by some degree of despair? Next question. What would it look like for you to upgrade from despair to hope? What would it look like? You need to paint that picture. And you need to pray it to God. And you need to get in His Word. And you need to find scriptures that will encourage you in your time of despair you need to do that it's not something that comes from somebody else it comes from you you can get on your phone and go you can literally do this need hope broken marriage always put this in there bible put bible in there i start all my searches out bible need hope broken marriage bible need hope uh, struggling with porn bible need hope struggling with balls, whatever. You can do that. And you know what's going to happen? Bible scriptures are going And then you're a scholar. Be careful about reading everything everybody says on there. Just read scriptures. And then you pray, and then you ask God. Third question. What promise of God will, keep you, will help you maintain hope? I just told you. You can Google it. You could ask your friend to help give you scriptures. But don't. But you got to get it for yourself. You really have to get it for yourself. Just like those scriptures that just rattled off my mind. At times the enemy fights me and makes me doubt things. But then when I go back and I 
think of God's word. Last question. What can you do this week to remember further back so you can hope further ahead? Remember I told you earlier. I said sometimes for me to have hope, I have to go back and look to where God has saw me through times that I didn't think were possible. Me and Leah agreed not to have children when we got married. Agreed to it. I was afraid to be a dad because I never saw a dad. And most marriages in my family, I'm telling you, were just broken. So I never saw a good model of marriage. I thought, so I was afraid to get married for one. But once I got married, I thought, well, it's just me and her. Just me and her. We can make that work. But then when I thought about having kids, I thought, ah, my mom did a great job. She loved, loved us to death. She worked hard and provided for us. It's not that. I never saw a father do what a father needed to do to raise children. So I thought, I have no business of being a father. I have no business. And we agreed not to have children. We went eight years. And then we started holding Christiana and Sierra and our other nephews and nieces, Nicholas and, and them. And I, I thought, wow, I've got to get one of these for myself. <laughs> got to get one. So we started, you know doing and not doing some things that cause that to happen. <clears throat> to have hope that we would have a child. We lost our first child just very Leah was only pregnant for a few weeks and uh, almost threw the towel in. I thought, see, that's got to be God. We shouldn't the worst thing I'd ever seen somebody go through is Leah uh, miscarrying that child. I mean, it, it was young, you know, and I had a lot of questions, my faith. How much was it a child? Do I really believe it was even anything at that point? I thought, well, what kind of Christian am I to think that, you know? Uh, and I'm, but I wasn't a scientific expert. I thought surely something was just wrong with it, and that's why God just allowed that to happen. But we trusted God, and we moved forward, and then he began to give us children, so... We had hope. We had hope. I don't know what you're faced with today. Maybe you don't have hope. But uh, we, we can pray and that God will give you hope in spite of your despair. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org.